0: 5G is the fifth generation of wireless data networks, and it will improve them far more than 4G or 3G ever could. With 5G underway, things like smart cities, autonomous cars, and ultra broadband connectivity are quickly becoming a reality.
1: 5G is the new global wireless standard enabling a new kind of network that is designed to connect virtually everyone and everything together including machines, objects, and devices. As of February 2022, 209 commercial networks launched 5G coverage, with as many as 429 operators in 137 countries investing in 5G, including trials, acquisition of licenses, planning, network deployments, and launches. While most of the industry focuses on 5G new radio or 5G NR, the transport network has a critical role to play in 5G by providing the fronthaul, midhaul, and backhaul infrastructure, collectively known as crosshaul or x xhaul. 5G crosshaul is radically different from the common 4G mobile backhaul. New requirements include lower latency, higher data rates, hard isolation of network slices and dynamic connectivity for on-demand services, encompassing multiple physical and virtual components at the RAN. The present infrastructure is not fit for purpose, and Edgecore Networks is leading the way in this network transformation. So why should service providers consider 5G backhaul or cross network deployments? And what role is there for open networking? This is Episode 4 of The Critical Lowdown. So I'm joined today by Barry McGinley, Senior Systems Engineer with EPS Global. Barry, you were at Mobile World Congress recently in Barcelona. Can you fill us in a bit about it?
0: Yeah. Hey, Kira. Um, yeah. So it was over a month ago now, we were in Barcelona, and obviously, I think the main talking point was always going to be five G um, and open RAN. There was lots of cool stuff there. There was a uh, Microsoft had a robotic dog um, that walked around, did tricks. I think it's there to replace security guards now in the future. There was a, yeah, T-Mobile had um, a robotic barman, a guy pulling points. Excellent. um, Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, But yeah, as I said, Open RAN and 5G and all the different uh, little parts of 5G, I suppose. And that actually gave us the opportunity to talk to Nanda Ravidran, who is the VP of product management with Edgecore. Um, So we kind of got into it about Edgecore, what they're doing. Four, 5G, and especially on kind of mobile backhaul, they're, they're working with the Telecom Info Project and then on their crosshaul network solutions.
1: Excellent. Sounds like an interesting chat. So I'll, I'll let you jump right in there.
0: Well, so good morning, everybody. Um, I'm joined this morning by Nanda Ravidran from um, Edgecore Networks. Good morning, Nanda.
2: Hello, Barry. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to an exciting conversation with you and EPS.
0: As you just said, good afternoon, I should say to you, it's good morning time, morning time here in Dublin. You're in India?
2: Yep, I'm based in uh, Bangalore, India. It's afternoon here.
0: Okay, very good.
2: Okay, so look, we'll, we'll,
0: we'll jump straight in. Um, if you can tell us a little about uh, Edgecore Networks are partners of EPS. We've been global partners for, for the last decade or so. Uh, we're distributors globally. And can you tell us a little about yourself first and then a little about Edgecore
2: Networks? Yeah, before I talk about myself, let me uh, talk about Edgecore. Uh, Edgecore is a leader in open and disaggregated networking. EdgeCore provides a full portfolio of uh, switching and routing solutions uh, for the networking market. We participate uh, in the data center market, the uh, service provider market, and the enterprise uh, switching market. We have uh, sold over 80,000 switches in 2020. We have delivered these uh, switches uh, to several large tier ones. We are an independent company. EdgeCore is an fully-owned subsidiary of uh, Acton Group since 2004. Edgecore has a worldwide sales and uh, support presence. We are headquartered in Shinju, Taiwan. Edgecore has an uh, U.S. Uh, uh, headquarters in uh, Irvine, California. Great. So um, Edgecore Network.
0: So Edgecore are a subsidiary of the Acton Group. So I'll let you expand on that a little bit and explain a little bit about what they do.
2: As I said earlier, EdgeCore is one of the leading uh, solutions provider in the open networking space. We participate in uh, several open networking forums uh, such as the uh, OCP, ONF, and TIP. Uh, we uh, have a lot of collaboration with uh, several NOS vendors and uh, channel partners like you. Um, I think the key uh, aspect of Edgecore uh, Solutions is the uh, ability to engage in different flexible business models. As an open networking solutions provider, we have to work with uh, several different kinds of customers and meet their expectations. Customers are used to working uh, in a certain business model based on how uh, their experience has been with legacy OEMs and large vendors. But we understand with open networking, we uh, have to work with uh, a system integrator or a NAS partner or a distributor like EPS. Uh, EPS is a key uh, enabler of uh, open networking. So uh, yeah, that's about uh, EdgeCore. And uh, yeah, talking about myself, I'm the uh, VP of uh, product management at uh, EdgeCore. I've been at EdgeCore since uh, less than a year now, and uh, I've worked with uh, EdgeCore for a few years earlier as a software partner and a customer. Uh, Pretty familiar with uh, EdgeCore product solutions and the open networking uh, industry. Yeah, by training, I'm a software engineer. I've worked on um, several switches and routers, developing uh, the control plane and the data plane software for those switches. I've done this uh, being part of uh, uh, large OEM uh, providers in the US. And uh, for the last uh, few years, I've been focusing on on open networking and uh, open networking solutions. So, yeah, pretty excited again to be part of, uh, you know, this conversation and talking to you.
0: Yeah, okay, thanks for that. And I I actually had a... It was my first week working for EPS Global, and I got to visit Taiwan. I got to visit uh, the offices over in Taiwan. So it was a nice first week's experience, actually. Um, we were well looked after by by, uh, by the EDGE Corps uh, people. So you mentioned uh, three groups there. I just want to, just for any listeners that, that don't know who they are, so TIP, it's a telecom infra project who have well, they have been founded since 2016. Um, specifically for telecoms and carrier products, which which we'll cover some of um, shortly. There's the OCP, which is the Open Compute Project, which has been around since about 2011. It kind of started by Facebook. And then we had the ONF, who same around 2011, they started um, looking after kind of uh, and pushing the benefits of disaggregation, which we'll talk about more as well. Um, but then, since 2016, they have focused on the telecoms market, and I know that's a big focus for Edgecore um, at the minute. So, so moving on, I am I, I'm just back from Mobile World Congress actually, and obviously one of the big the big talking points over there was OpenRAN. But the next big ones that I saw were kind of um, backhaul, so backhaul, midhaul, fronthaul, crosshaul, and um, there was stuff on slicing as well. But I know at the backhaul and We'll say, that cross-haul is a, is a big importance to edge core. So can you explain what 5, 5G mobile backhaul is and, and what edge core is kind of offering in this area?
2: So Barry, before we talk about a 5G backhaul or a cross-haul network, let us um, you know, talk about what mobile backhaul means. Mobile backhaul is a transport network. It transports data traffic from the baseband units in a cell site to the mobile code networks, and eventually to the data centers. So when we talk about 5G, 5G places a unique set of requirements on the uh, mobile uh, backhaul, fronthaul network. And these requirements, I mean, there are three key specifications or requirements. The first one is called the enhanced mobile broadband. It specifies the peak data rates that a 5G network should support is 20 gigabits per second. And it is an order of magnitude from the previous generation. The second key requirement is called massive mission type of communications. The 5G should be able to support this. And what this means is, you know, the um, 5G network should be able to support one million or more users, devices, or connections within one square kilometer. And the third Requirement is the ultra reliability and the low latency requirement, and this specifies the end-to-end latency for the packets moving across the 5G network should be less than a millisecond. So, in order to support these very different type of requirements, the 5G transport or the backhaul architecture, the front backhaul architecture, had to go through a transformation. And the transformation here is that the uh, traditional BBU uh, at a cell site has been split into a central unit and a distributed unit. I mean, there are several reasons f- why this is done. And the network now has you know evolved or into a backhaul, midhaul, and a fronthaul network. And this is what we uh, refer to as the 5G crosshaul. Now, coming to what EdgeCore is offering as a solution for 5G. EdgeCore has come up with a couple of platforms specifically to address the 5G use cases. And these platforms are based of the latest generation of chipsets, and they can support the ultra-low latency requirement, can support the network slicing feature, and can support the, uh, the h- higher bandwidth requirements of five G.
0: Okay, thanks. Um, yeah, we we are working on some projects for uh, for cell site routers. We're doing a lot in Africa, actually, a lot in Europe, um, but a lot in uh, in Africa at present. So uh, there is multiple options out there. And um, why should service providers look at Edgecore for their for their five G backhaul?
2: Edgecore has a wide, has a very wide portfolio of. Disaggregated cell site gateways or cell site routing solutions. Customers have a choice to pick cell site routers based on capacity, based on features, and based on cost. In terms of capacity, we have cell site gateways starting from 64 gig of capacity to 800 gig of capacity. I mean, in terms of features, Customers have a choice to pick platforms that can support front haul network slicing, and various other features. The key difference with EdgeCore is that our designs are proven. EdgeCore cell-side routers are deployed in the largest tier ones in the world, and these units have been deployed in several thousands. We provide the highest quality that is expected by carrier or service providers. And we have a vibrant set of NAS software options available on, on our platforms. So, I think the key difference with EdgeCore is the choice. You have a, a choice of hardware platforms to choose from and a set of soft, NAS software options to choose from. So, I would suggest that uh, any service provider considering open networking solutions for their 5G networks. Should look at edgecore as their first choice.
0: Yeah. Um I was I was going to mention the NOS point if if you didn't mention yourself, the network operating system. There's there's been SKUs from edgecore over the years that I've noticed have sat there, maybe not many options on the on the software side, but the cell site routers and maybe the 5916 XKS, the aggregation router that can fit into that, that actually to aggregate these cell site routers. Um, Immediately, there was lots of NOS vendors. So it kind of showed me immediately that everybody saw the value of these products very quickly. So I know there is six, seven different NOS vendors and all of them doing slightly different things. So, so that's, that's the point is that your use case um, there's a very good chance your use case, and if you are looking for something a little bit different, will be catered for within one of those NOS vendors. So um, you, you mentioned an open and disaggregated solutions quite a lot. Um, just for anybody who doesn't know, can you explain what open and disaggregated or open, ne- like it's got so many names now, open networking, disaggregation. I think the telecoms carrier markets seem to, disaggregation seems to be the
2: word they want to use. Exactly, Barry. Open networking and disaggregation are words that are used interchangeably. So before we understand open networking or disaggregation, let's understand how networks were or traditionally uh, deployed. So service providers or customers would deploy networking appliances from a large OEM or a vendor. The appliance would have it include the hardware and software together, and the uh, networks were built based on these integrated devices. In case the service providers needed any new features on this product, they have no way of uh, developing the software themselves, nor getting it from other vendors. They had to go back to the original vendor and request them for this feature that they needed. So this is what we call as the uh, locked-in model. The uh, service provider had to wait for the feature to be available. And once the feature was available, we would also have to pay a lot of money to uh, deploy that feature in the form of software licenses. So this is when uh, the uh, large cloud providers started deploying networks in a different model. They used open hardware, and these open hardware were built built on off-the-shelf networking silicon, and these hardware boxes were called as white boxes. The software was uh, called as the network operating system, and it was based on Linux. And the large cloud providers would successfully deploy very large networks based on this open, uh, uh, open white box, based on the open white box hardware and the open networking software. So this model then started growing as OCP, ONF, and TIP started encouraging through uh, specifications in terms of what open networking uh, hardware and software devices have to be. And they arranged for several collaboration events and interop testing events which enable the open networking or disaggregated networking technologies to mature Initially, the open networking models were pretty uh, challenging for the service provider to understand. They were used to a single uh, vendor responsible for everything about the product, whether it was hardware or software. And now, when they had to look at disaggregated networking or open networking, they did not realize you know, who was responsible for what piece. Of course, the uh, Open networking hardware vendor was responsible for the hardware and software, but you know how uh, everything worked, would work when the hardware and software were put together was a challenging aspect for them. But we have come a long way since that. The technology has matured, the business models have matured. Uh, there are very uh, number of uh, models in which open networking could be deployed today. Uh, You could have a service provider uh, integrating both the hardware and software for a customer or the NOS uh, vendor taking the initiative to be the uh, point of contact with the software vendor or in some cases even the uh, open networking hardware vendor providing the point of contact for the customer and providing the kind of SLAs uh, that the service providers are used to. I think there's, in the last uh, year and a half, uh, something significant has happened that has pushed network, open networking in right and center. The whole chip shortage and the uh, uh, supply chain crunch in the last year and a half has pushed open networking uh, as one of the uh, critical uh, uh, solution models that can uh, mitigate the uh, uh, supply chain crunches. Customers who are deploying open networking solutions have the ability to go to uh, a different open networking hardware solutions provider and use uh, different uh, white boxes and continue to uh, grow their network, even in spite of uh, uh, the severe supply chain crunch we have seen. So I think we have come a long way. Open and disaggregated networking is, um, uh, is mainstream there is a lot of uh, interest and uh, service providers are starting to deploy this in various parts of their network. And uh, just like what happened in the uh, uh, service space where um, rack servers with uh, uh, open uh, Linux platforms became the model, we expect uh, the networking uh, industry also to move in that direction and uh, be completely disaggregated or open networking based in a few years.
0: That's that's why that's and that's why Nanda I was saying about the multiple NOS vendors, like how that helps you because it, you've seen before. Unless you're a giant company, you're not going back to Nokia, you're not going back to Ericsson or or Cisco, and they're not putting the feature on for you unless you're 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 very very large account for them. So for smaller guys, the NOS vendors generally will have the feature, one of them, or else will work with you on that feature, which is a uh, mm-hmm. nice points. So. <laughs> On the 5G mobile platforms, has EdgeCore got exciting coming in 2022? Are there new models coming?
2: Uh, Yes, Barry. uh, EdgeCore uh, will be releasing uh, two new uh, disaggregated uh, cell-site gateways or cell-site routing uh, products for uh, 5G uh, networking requirements. Uh, and possibly one more uh, product later this year to address uh, low-cost, uh, you know, address low-cost geographies. Uh, the one of the models that will be coming uh, soon uh, have, will have the highest capacity and will have uh, some of the latest and greatest features, such as uh, hard network slicing and segment routing V6 and uh, uh, flexible Ethernet kind of features.
1: Thanks, Barry. That was really interesting. I guess an exciting development in the open networking space. Um, I, I'd imagine we're going to be hearing a lot about this in the coming months.
0: Yeah, so definitely. So, um, like, this is really only the beginning of five G and of Open RAN and, and edge core kind of a big part to play here, and especially from the RAN back to the back to the core. So backhaul working with the Telecom Info Project. And so in the upcoming episode of the Critical Lowdown, we'll talk to Nanda again about EdgeCore's P4 switches, so programmable switches using Tofino switching ASICs um, and how they help to make data centers truly open.
1: Excellent, I look forward to hearing that. Thanks Barry. Cheers Kira. thank you. We've covered various technologies and terms on this podcast. Don't forget that all of the information you heard today is available on our website at epsglobal.com forward slash podcast. There's also more information about our electronics manufacturing support services on our website at epsprogramming.com. Until next time.